Hi, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily, from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talks, The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, this is for season eleven, episode four, rendition. Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, it's good. You got a bit more background about this mysterious group um, who are pretty much exactly what I said they probably were last week. Uh, they're a military group. Uh, they've got religious nut jobs. They're sort of ex-mercenaries who seem to have got together because they came back from a war and a bunch of them were suffering from PTSD and various other things. And that has driven them to this point so they, they were pretty much what i guessed they were last week um and uh it's it's interesting how they got into it though i mean you know daryl kind of infiltrating them uh, which i think is an interesting way of doing it we got uh, leah showing back up i I'd, that wasn't unfortunately a surprise for me because i had that spoiled for me beforehand uh oh, right. but um but uh only because i happened that it was mentioned in the wikipedia article when i was looking it up and um yeah it just um unfortunate that i happened to see it in there but kind of makes sense it gives like daryl away into the the group and stuff and it uses a character that they've uh, you know completely invented i mean the entire episode I, I guess is is a complete invention um for the tv show because none of these characters were ever in the comic books so yeah yeah none of this happened in the books at all so it's just uh something very different um i thought this episode was fine boring in places um i sort of walked away from this episode and i just didn't really feel much of anything um i didn't sort of feel like oh that's really horrible of an episode i didn't really feel like oh that part really stood out or whatever um but it's sort of like walking dead does sometimes decide to do this with like certain bottle episodes where they leave things alone for a little bit too long with other storylines like the Commonwealth. And it's just like, okay, you take one of the... I'd, say, I'd describe Daryl as like, let's say, least emotive. I would describe him with other words, but I'll go with least least emotive. Yeah. Um, You take one of the least emotive sort of characters. He does react to things happening, you know, like when he's in a barn that's on fire or whatever. But it's just like, okay, you want to... Cause... If I look at the the character that Daryl is, and I look at a cult group, those are two very opposite kind of things. Where this cult leader's yeah. always got something to say, Leah's always got something to say. There's lots of well, I you know said about emotions. There's lots of emotions tied to cults. The why they are, the way that they are, how they got there. There's the, there's the basically the past, present, and future of 
their situation, what their plan is, how they got here, and what they're doing now, basically. And if I look at Daryl, he just doesn't sort of connect to that. But then the only reason he's really here is because of Leah. Because if you take, like, like, let's say Leah's got nothing to do with this, just for example. You take Leah out of the story, and he just gets captured by somebody else. There's nothing there for Daryl in a way, apart from like, you know, getting dog out of safety and, and, and things like that. But it was yeah. just a bit of a strange combination of like Daryl who doesn't emote much, if at all really, uh, in the sense of like him reacting to things. Because um, even at certain points in this episode, I understand he's like under stress and things like that, but he's can be quite sort of blunt sometimes and quite sort of just like like muted in a way. Um, yeah. So it just, it just didn't work with the cult characters who like had a lot going on. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot here. I didn't really care particularly to see Leah back. There's other characters I'd rather get back to, like Connie first. Like see what's going on with her and is, is it Virgil? I think. Uh, see what's going on there. I'd rather get back to like the Commonwealth and see what's happening with like Yumiko and her brother. I'd rather get back to like Eugene and Stephanie. See what's going on there. Um, or even just, like, Maggie and Negan and Alden and that situation. So in terms of, like, the, I suppose, the pecking order sort of list of, like, things that are happening in the show at the moment, this is at the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. Not not in terms of the group. I'm interested in the group. But then you also had the group connected to the stuff from last week because the Reapers were out there. I suppose this is just showing sort of, like, the lead, the leaders or whatever, which is, again, good, but the mistake was putting Daryl in that situation but I, I i think what the show wanted to do or what angela wanted to do whatever was like okay let's make leah part of the reapers and then put daryl in with that but that just didn't particularly work for me um and again it's just another one of those bottle episodes that's just a bit sort of stale i think um i, I appreciate that we learned certain things about pope and about leah and stuff like that um but pope himself i didn't find a massively interesting sort of character but we've only seen him once maybe i need to give that a bit more time i don't know so um but what did you think of like pope did you find him interesting um i mean he like i said last week i mean this is pretty much what i suspected they probably were and so i i don't think he's a particularly interesting or different um, I mean, he's slightly, we haven't seen exactly this in the show before, um, but I mean, yeah, he's fine. Uh, I mean, he's just standard sort of Walking Dead nut job uh, who, you know, I, I and, you know, I, I don't think he's up there with your sort of Negans or your Alphas or anything like that. But, you know, he's your standard sort of Walking Dead, you know, general sort of nutjob type character um I, I do sort of get that they needed to do this episode because you need a bit of background about this group um i i you know otherwise they would end up just being this faceless bunch of people and you kind of need to know a little bit more about them so i think there was a need for doing this episode uh, I kind of get what you're saying about putting Daryl in there. I understand why they did it because of the connection with Leah, and it's easy uh, for it's easier for him to slot in to that group because, as far as everyone else is aware, he's a loner and 
the fact that Leah's there and he can convince her that gets him into that group. So I can see why they did it that way. Um, I do think it would have been interesting if it had been Gabriel that they brought back. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have a man of God um, that is, you know, that would be meeting this group who are supposedly sort of, you know, religious people. I mean, you know, the, the whole is a entirely different thing, but, um, I think that would have been an interesting one. And I do hope that we get that meeting at some point later on and you end up with sort of some theological kind of battle between Gabriel and Pope, I think would be kind of interesting, Mm. Uh, you know, because we did have Gabriel making the comment last week about, you know, God's not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we've had Pope saying God is here and he's angry this week. So, you know, it, th- I, I think that will be interesting to see whether we're going to get a meeting between those guys. I hope so, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I get why they went down this route. You know, you, putting Lear in there is a useful tool to be able to put one of the characters in that group. And if you're going to put Lear in there, you've kind of got to use Daryl because that's the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I do get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I think if you don't have Leah come back, and then you don't have Daryl in the episode, and then you put a different character in, maybe Gabriel, maybe somebody else, then you get a different, better episode, I think. So, um, anyway, that's what we're going to do for the pre-talk. Let's get in some housekeeping, and then we'll get into the recap. See you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for koalu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad free versions of entertainment talks podcast and support us along the way you can simply sign up over on our patreon page you can sign up either as a creator or as a patron there's no difference there for the time being and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, last night Man United played their first Champions League game of this uh, ongoing season, this the, the group stage, and unfortunately Manchester United lost 2-1 to a team called Young Boys. I wish I was making that up, but it's true. Um, have you heard of a team called Young Boys before? I don't imagine that nope. you have. I, 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 nope. I, I didn't think that you would have. But uh, they're a Swedish team, they're in the Champions League, and uh, well, they play better than we did. And they won as a result. Uh, so I was wish I was making it up. But yes, they beat us 2-1. Uh, that doesn't mean Man United are out of the Champions League. Far from it. There's still five games left to be played in the group stage. Uh, but Man United go to West Ham on Sunday. Uh, which I think is at the London Stadium. Um, to play West Ham away in the Premier League. That's on Sunday. So look out for that. That was quite a hard game last year though. So we'll see how it goes this time. Uh, Man United did however beat Newcastle by... Four goals to one on the weekend. Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford. And he brought with him two goals, which was great. He also did score in the Young Boys game as well. So he's got three goals in two games already, which is great. But that's Ronaldo. So what do you expect? Um, but uh, 4-1 to Manchester United at, uh, with that game. So that was a really, really good result as well. Uh, gaming talk this week. Uh, sorry, for sort of for last week. We did, we did a later podcast last week on Friday instead of Tuesday to accommodate for the PlayStation event. So there won't be an episode this week. We didn't want to do one on Friday and then one on Tuesday. That's a bit too close together. So we're just going to skip this week and then return next week on Tuesday. But uh, for the podcast, as I said, the PlayStation event, we covered that. At the event, Spider-Man 2 was revealed, Wolverine was revealed, a game called Forsaken was shown off. Again, I think it's been shown off one time before. God of War was more sort of fully revealed. We'd had a teaser trailer announcement before, so we we saw more of that. And talked about uh, other games that were shown off at the showcase as well. If you, if you look for PlayStation on YouTube, type in PlayStation event, you should be able to find it. It's about a 45-minute video, so you can check that out. Uh, we also talked about Dying Light 2. There was some new gameplay shown off for that. That looks very, very good. Uh, that was delayed, announced to be delayed as of yesterday. We didn't have that information on the podcast because we did it earlier, so there's that. And we also talked about Epic versus Apple, basically two big companies fighting over each other for lots of money is the uh, <laughs> gist of that situation. Because uh, you know you can never have quite a, you can never have quite enough billions, but uh, anyway they've got a court case going on, so we discussed that as well. Uh, American Coach is still going on. That's for the Ted Lasso podcast. That's on Apple TV Plus on Fridays. Uh, coming into the uh, the end t- towards the end of the season, we've had eight episodes out of twelve so far and that's been really quite good especially the second half of the season that's on Apple TV Plus Uh, did a film review, a must see rating review for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings the newest outing from the MCU and from Marvel, really really enjoyed it I did hear the first few minutes of like Geek Town, Grey said he enjoyed it as well which was good so um, yeah we got our review for that of course that's spoiler free and spoiler so it's a bit more of a longer one Uh, did a podcast for watching The Witcher uh, not for season two. That's not until December. 
But uh, this is for Nightmare of the Wolf. It's an animated prequel film all about Vesemir. So I talked about that. Did a podcast celebrating Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary. So that's going through the characters past, present and potentially future. So talking about that. Uh, did a United cast episode talking about the summer transfer wrap up. The players that joined, the players that left, etc, etc. Talked about all of that. CW Superheroes review for Black Lightning Season 4. And also did do a Season 1 review for Kevin Can F himself. Gave that a must-see rating. Um, that's on AMC in the US, and uh, I, I, I assume that's on AMC Plus. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but uh, that's on there, and then it's also on Amazon Prime in the UK if you'd like to watch that, which I'd highly recommend that you do. Um, so there's that. Uh, that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org, and you can also find us if you look for us on your favourite podcast platform. Also, I did want to mention as well, I'm doing something new with the YouTube channel. I'm essentially using it as a kind of notification system, Basically, if you instead of me explaining it here, if you go to Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube, there's about a 10 minute video of me explaining what that's all about and what I'm doing with that. And you can go and watch that video, that will explain everything. And then hopefully, you can subscribe, and then you'll basically get notification videos for new podcasts. So, you'll get one for this episode as well. So, uh, check that out if you'd like to as well as YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Um, so there's that. Uh, so this recap again is from Charlie Mason on TV Line. Uh, again, it's edited so that I can read it uh, in the way that I'd like to because I'm the one that's going to be reading it. So there's that. Um, but uh, as the hour began, so this, yeah, season 11, episode 4 rendition. As the hour began, Daryl and Dog um, fled from the Reapers' uh, attack that was queued up by Archeron Part 2. So sort of because they all got like separated and whatnot. So, uh, but as will happen, they were followed by one of the villains who was revealed to be uh, Leah. Thanks for the hint, Norman Reedus, it says here. I don't know what he said, but it says here, thanks for the hint, Norman Reedus. I don't know if he, like, teased Leah's return or something, but uh, she's come back. Because you said you found out through Wikipedia, didn't you? Not through, like, a Norman Reedus um, thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I found out because I was looking up something and uh she was listed in the cast um for okay. the episode so i was like ah okay hmm. um yeah i'm just looking to see what they actually what he actually said in the um article uh oh apparently he he made some comment about hell have no fury like a woman scorned that might come into play oh. in a previous interview so <laughs> all right uh, since last they'd seen one another, she'd gotten uh, very blonde and a bit bitter. Uh, she even hinted that now uh, Dog preferred her to Daryl, because Dog won't sort of go over to Daryl, but we don't know exactly why that is. It's not because uh, Dog prefers her, I don't think, but anyway. And I always thought you um, he liked you better, she deadpanned. In no time, Daryl was surrounded by Reapers and dragged to Meridian, uh, where alone with Leah, he insisted... That he didn't know Maggie and co. Uh, his family, he lied. Um, he had uh, picked the wrong fight with her um, people a long time ago. Before he knew it, he was uh, undergoing water torture. It's called waterboarding, I think this is called, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, which doesn't look very comfortable at all, uh, which is the idea. Uh, up to a point, uh, Leah, still clearly smitten, put a stop to it and warned that uh, if he didn't spill the tea on the group uh, with whom he'd been travelling with, um, the one we... The one we... Archer 2 won't be so nice. I think she's hinting towards Pope or Pope. something there. Pope, so yeah. uh, There's also a bit in here where um, Dog gets thrown, 
I thought that was a weirdly staged scene. Like you couldn't tell where the dog had gone. This this reaper picks up dog, and like throws him. I think it's a male dog, isn't it? Mm. Um, the dog yelps. Daryl shows the most emotion he ever has um, <laughs> shown, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's. I guess it was like thrown down a hill a little bit. It wasn't flown off, thrown off a cliff or anything, was he? Um, I don't know. And then that just set up so that the other reaper surrounded him. So, um, yeah, what do you think of this opening with uh, Leah and that? Are you excited to, to see Leah back, or how do you feel? Well, as I say, I, it was kind of spoiled for me because I knew who it was. So, um, I, I mean, I, I was I was a bit more worried about Dog, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because cause after that yelp and, like, Daryl's reaction, like, oh, no, they've killed Dog. But, um, no, apparently not. So, um, yeah, I mean, I... As it, as I was saying, the, the, the purpose of bringing Leah back sort of makes sense as a way of getting Daryl into the group. And um, so I wasn't surprised by the reveal because I knew what the reveal was. Um, yeah, I mean, as introductions go, I, I, I do wonder, because she's from the kind of Treading Water episodes, I mean... We've said up until this point, those episodes you could pretty much not have watched and still have been fine jumping straight into this season. Uh, so this is the first kind of real, like, tangible callback we've had to, to those episodes more than anything else, I think. Um, so, I don't know. Um, yeah, fine, whatever. It's <laughs> mm. yeah, kind I, of my reaction to it. Yeah, I agree. I was more just sort of focused on, like, where is dog like where first of all where did he even go uh from this throw that happened and then like oh yeah leah's sort of back i initially thought like i i did notice straight away okay she does look very different i was trying to figure out why uh, apparently it was the hair but um she looked a bit older as well i'm I'm not sure what was i don't know maybe, maybe she's she's looked a bit rougher since she's been with the reapers or well i, it, I don't it know is, bear in mind that the episode that she was in was set five years five or six years previously because it was in the period between rick oh, going yeah. missing and yeah and, he, uh, the, money, so yeah it was between rick going missing and the whisperers showing up so it has been a while hmm all right do you think they did something like hair and makeup or whatever then because it seems like that's probably the probably the maybe. case maybe i i don't know yeah yeah, because the actress can't have aged that much in that no, 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 no. So, yeah, but I did know straight away she looked a bit different. Initially, I was like, can't re- recasting maybe? And I was like, no, no. So, but yeah, she's back. And then, uh, um, yeah, what do you think of the waterboarding stuff? Um, don't know if we've seen that before. In, have we, we've probably seen that before in The Walking Dead. I can't I'm, remember. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure whether we've seen it before in The Walking Dead, but is it, I mean, it's a... Uh... It's the standard sort of TV go-to military tactic when you've got a shady military group mm. is they waterboard people, you know. The amount of times, I mean, you say sorry enough in 24, you know. I was just about to say that. It reminded me of the show, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's the standard sort of easy go-to um, torture tactic that, you know, they use on screen generally when you're dealing with a shady, nasty group of like ex-military people mm. so you know and i mean it makes sense because it's fairly easy in terms of you know all you need is a bag and some water so mm, basically yeah um 
but yeah, she clearly like because she goes to put him like tip him over or whatever for the second time, and then you can see her reaction. She starts getting a bit more com- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably still got feelings for him. I'm guessing there's probably something still there, or she I think just so. I don't know. Feel sorry for him, or so, some combination of those things. I'm guessing. Um, because yeah, apparently these two were it. It's so. St- I still it's. <laughs> It's so weird how, like, these two were supposed to have had sex or whatever. Um, like, we obviously we didn't see it. It's AMC. But, like, the way they cut... I still... Because I was thinking back to that scene and, like, these these two in their relationship and where they're at. Which is obviously very different to now. And it's like, not only did Daryl never even really react to that or say anything about it. Which, again, there's, like, a few years that went past after that. Um... Because there was, because that was supposed to be after what season nine, episode six. So from all that point, because that that was Rick's last episode, I, I think, which is where the time jump happened. So after that episode, that happened with Leah, and then we had the like just over a half a season of season nine left, and then all of season ten, and then the bonus episodes. But he just, um never like i mean i suppose at the time that wasn't like i guess written into the story so they wouldn't have been able to to do that um but i don't know just just like his again it's it's to do with daryl and his character he just doesn't really have like emotions towards certain things unless and i find with daryl unless it's something really extreme that's happened so like beth's died or rick's gone missing um most of the other points in time he's just quite sort of blunt towards things i find um and mm. he, even with this i mean yeah he's got the he's got the physical reaction of being you know sort of uh you know being waterboard and everything you, you're gonna have that i wouldn't have expected them to take the bag off daryl and him to just be blunt um plus he also looks a lot cleaner after that i sort of noticed <laughs> Because uh, he does the he does the guts trick as well, doesn't he? And his face <laughs> yeah. is like really really clean after. That's probably the cleanest we've ever seen Daryl, to be honest. Apart from maybe season one. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was, I was trying to sort of just look at that and see. You know, you get you get a bit of reaction from her with this look of like, okay, I'm gonna like stop this torture that's happening to him. So, uh, but did you get anything from that and like Daryl's and Leah's reaction or I don't know anything? Uh no, I mean, I, like you say, Daryl's not really that full of emotion generally. So I, I think it was pretty much the reaction I expected out of Daryl. You know, he kind of keeps his emotions together. And, you you know, with the exception of, like you say, the biggest reaction you got when it was when he thought Dog was like a big hurt. Um, generally, you don't see huge reactions out of him. So because. Mm. To to my, I'm trying to think what else I've seen Norman Reedus in because there's one point of like the character getting the development, and then the other there's the other point of like, okay, what is Norman's range? The only other thing recently I've seen Norman in was the the video game Death Stranding from Kojima, and he's sort of a bit similar there, although he does talk quite a lot in in certain points. Um, and I'm kind of wondering like, is it this? Is it the writers in the show? thinking let's not give Norman too much because of his range or it's just because of the way that Daryl is because I because I haven't really to be honest I haven't really seen Norman in enough other things to see if he's got like other acting range and stuff like that so have have you seen him in anything else where he's sort of done 
other emotional stuff or no not really i mean um the only things i i mean apart from i'm just looking him up actually apart from i mean he's done a few movies um he's done a few movies and things but uh, apart from voicing Daryl in the robot chicken episode and um, yeah, you know, doing a few different video games and he's he popped up in an episode of Hawaii Five-0. Oh. Um, but no, I mean, other than the walking dead and you know, ride where he plays himself, <laughs> I mean, I've not really seen him in anything, so mm. yeah. I was going to mention. Myself. I was going to mention the parts that I've seen of Ride. That's totally different, I guess, because he's not acting. He's just literally talking to whoever's with him as Norman Reedus himself. So he's not even like acting in that situation. So um, he's capable of being talkative. I'll, I'll I'll say that at least. Like he does talk a lot on the uh, the Ride show. So uh, you got that. But anyway. Um, but I suppose once the show, I mean, the, I, I was just about to say, once the show ends, we'll get to see him do maybe some other stuff, but then there's the spin-off, so yeah. <laughs> maybe we won't, I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on from that. Uh, again, Daryl insisted that he didn't know the, those people. He just traded with them for food. Um, yeah, right, Leah basically replied. So he was dragged to an unnaturally uh, tidy prison to a cross-cell from, well, there he is, uh, Maggie's pal Frost. Um, I only knew that from reading this recap. First of all, I didn't know that was the guy called that. Was no. not, that was I think that's like the only person left alive from Maggie's group, or apart from Elijah, which we don't know where he is, because Cole died, and the other one. I remember the two characters because one of them got their throat slit, and then you had the big guy with the the big shoulders. Those two died, so I guess yeah. Elijah and Frost are the only two left, um, and we don't know where Elijah basically is uh there were some theories actually from last week's episode that the the burnt walker on that cross was elijah but there's uh, sort of no evidence of that no because we I, and, can't because no we can't tell who that is that could be anybody so yeah it's no i that seems that would be a bit ridiculous because you introduce this character and then you know they would have if they that they wanted you to know that was elijah they would have shown the mask Mm. you know yeah um, didn't didn't maggie walk past it wouldn't she she would have said something wouldn't she well i mean yeah it's like you say you couldn't have actually tell you know you couldn't tell yeah so it would seem weird to kill that character having introduced him to just kill him off basically off screen would be a bit odd Mm. yeah so uh but frost is there with daryl um did you know that that was that character because i didn't until i read no No, so plus I I couldn't particularly see him properly because he's rolling. Oh, I know who that was. Roll, he's rolling around and stuff. So yeah, uh, just because uh, we shared a bag of grain doesn't mean I give a shit about you, Daryl Huffed. <laughs> and quickly enough, Frost understood um, the show that Daryl was putting on. When Leah visited Daryl, uh, he told her to just give me dog, let me go, and you'll never see me again. In response, she asked, "Is that what you want?" Before he could answer, they were interrupted. Two of the Reapers had been found dead. Uh, a twist that resulted in um, Preacherman basically uh, speaking in tongues over on one of the bodies. And Reaper leader Pope 
Um, Alan, it says here Alan Richie Costa in fine form. I sort of recognised yeah. that the guy. I couldn't tell who it was, but it says here Ri- R- Richie yeah, Costa. Yeah, it says yeah Richie Costa. Uh, he's he's um, alum from Happy, basically. Uh, he he was in means he was in Happy, which was the uh, went out on uh, what Sci-Fi in the US oh, that and, and Netflix over here. Is he the, uh, is he the main guy in it? No, 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 not oh, the main guy in it. Okay. Um, that guy's on on one of the uh, what is, is it an NCI? No, it's not an NCIS. It's one of the others. Law and Order. He's on one of the Law and Orders now. Uh, it was a character called Mister Blue in Happy. Uh, he was also in the Flight Attendant. Played Victor in the Flight oh. Attendant as well, and oh, nice. he's popped up in like Billions, and he was in True Detective and Luck and uh, a few other things as well. So. Okay, probably looked a bit different in those, I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, expressing his out- outrage like a latter day uh, Jim Jones, it says here. I thought I'd keep that bit in. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, so what have we, we got here that we want to talk about and stuff? Uh, Frost, yeah, we saw that he was locked up in the thing. Um, is there the funny thing with the just let me, just give me dog and you'll never see me again? They in even in this kind of world i mean daryl wasn't expecting to bump into leah in in the first place so it's sort of like even though he says that to her i mean that's just a sort of like okay let me go and like i i, I won't sort of like tell my group about you basically sort of speech which those i can't remember many times in tv or film or whatever that, that speech has actually worked but it's 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 <laughs> a bit of a kind of go-to i suppose of a just sort of like hey i won't don't worry i won't tell anyone let me go and obviously in this case give me dog back um, but he can't really guarantee that. But then I, again, it's the, the human reaction, I think, to just like, hey, don't worry, I won't tell anybody kind of thing. Well, yeah. And I mean, his argument, I guess, at this point of what he's trying to convince Lear of is the fact that he doesn't have a group. He's basically on his own. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's tried to just sort of say, look, I'm I'm a nobody. I'm on my own. Just, uh, you know, just give me the dog. Give me dog. Uh, and I'll be on my way and you won't see me again. And I'll go and, you know, spend my time on my own in the wilderness sort of thing. You know, that's sort of what he's trying to say. But yeah, I entirely agree. I don't think that that ever in the history of TV has ever worked. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I am glad about from this scene is because well, once Daryl had gotten locked up, and I thought back to the Easy Street episodes uh, with with the sanctuary and that, and he was locked up for what was it, three, four episodes? It was t- too long of time. However long it was, he was locked up mm-hmm. for quite some time, and. Dwight was playing Easy Street or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I think that, that must have been a se- that feels like a season seven episode, so it probably was in season seven. Um, yeah, it was after Glenn got killed and they took Daryl away, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so because Negan was kind of interested in him, and Dwight was still there at the time. Um, I am glad that by the end of this episode, I'm not glad that he's part of the group by the end of the episode, seemingly, but I'm glad he's out of the cell. Because one thing I didn't want the show to do was like keep him in the the cell for several episodes, keep questioning him over and over again. I suppose where that is, the the difference where Leah comes in is, if you look at like Dwight's relationship with Daryl and then Leah's relationship with Daryl, Leah I think was a lot more lenient on him apart after the waterboarding stuff, obviously. But um, you know, it's sort of like from once you see her give that look in the waterboarding scene. And then lets him go, and then does realize like, okay, I can't just treat you 
like a normal part of our group because you sort of aren't. I do have to put you in the cell, but she sits there and talks to him and like tries to like speak up sort of good for him in in that way. So I did like the differences there that it was because it reminded me of the Dwight stuff and the being locked up in Easy Street and all that. It felt similar to that, but then did feel interestingly different just because I suppose it's Leah there with Dwight and sorry Leah there with Daryl uh, and not with Dwight and plus then you also kind of replace Negan with uh, Pope so you do get some differences there but it does it does sort of feel like almost the same story in a way but with I, I suppose interesting differences um what, what do you think of like him actually being let out and we won't get several episodes of Daryl in this cell I suppose well yeah I mean that that's your sort of difference with a, a different showrunner you know this is sort yep, of yep. Gim- very clear gimbal versus kang uh set up <laughs> of, of uh you know yeah if this had been gimbal I'm, I'm sure you would have had a much longer time of him just sat in a cell where you jump backwards and forwards between five different groups but um yeah, I'm glad that they resolved it so quickly, and it makes sense for the story as well. I mean, you know, because I think Leah was at the of the mind that she wants to believe that he's telling the truth and he's alone, even though she's sort of making out she doesn't. I think she wants to believe he's telling the truth, and uh, sees he could potentially be an asset to them if they could turn him. So, and the best way to do that would be to get him out as soon as you can you know so yeah i think it makes sense for the story Mm, yeah um so it's good that they did that as well uh because then the thing is it the the trap that you'd fall into is if you'd had like episodes of daryl in this cell you've then got to balance that with remember the other things that i mentioned earlier like negan and maggie on the road and alden locked up well, not locked up. Alden uh, trying to recover and all that, and then where Gabriel is, and Elijah's missing, and the Commonwealth, and Stephanie, and everything else. It would just be. It, it would just have made. It would have put too many things on the plate for the show, I think. Uh, and although he's still there in the group, and by the end of the episode, it's not quite the same thing as like, oh, let's go back to a locked up Daryl again, uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So uh, that was at least one good point for the episode. Uh, Next day, uh, when Leah next visited Daryl, um, she revealed that one of the dead, uh, Turner, had been like a brother to her. So not an actual brother, but just somebody she saw as a brother figure, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had been soldiers together first, then mercenaries. Daryl was all like, you didn't tell me you were a mercenary. It was the same job, she said, but we could uh, pay our bills. Uh, soon, Daryl um, turned back to... Uh, soon? turned back to Daryl and Leah's relationship with him reiterating that he uh, came back for her only to find her gone. Uh, We wouldn't have worked anyway, she sighed, not in a world like this. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, she still cared for him and wanted to save him, so she uh, beseeched, I think is that word, uh, him to tell her something she could uh, take back to Pope. There's a woman, she's the leader, Daryl said, a tall skinny guy who never shuts up. And a priest who carries a shotgun. That last part I think is going to be interesting for this group. Because like you said with the Gabriel stuff. Um, Wait. Uh, replied Leah. Um, That's their leadership. As opposed to a question. Uh, Daryl knew it didn't sound impressive. But he'd been counting uh, reapers. He admitted. And these people greatly outnumbered uh, the reapers. Um, I think that's probably true isn't it? I mean you've got like. Yeah. 
Ezekiel and his people and like you know all, all the other characters that we've got uh we don't know exactly how many reapers there are but um seems like there's maybe a few but uh, as Daryl as as said and I trust Daryl's judgment on this that uh, his group or the the Alexandrians I suppose is the name um have got more people so um I liked his description of different people um there's a woman she's the leader so nothing specific about Maggie just a woman who's the leader uh, a tall skinny guy who never shuts up uh, no offense to Josh or to Eugene, I wouldn't, if someone was asking me to describe Eugene, I'd probably say something about talkative. I don't think I'd say skinny, though. Uh, um, no, no, I mean, that's Negan, obviously, I guess. Do you think I that's think Negan? Of, uh, yeah, I can't think, who who else is it going to be out of that group? Because it's got to be one that were on the, w- that was out with them. Yeah, it might be Negan, yeah. Yeah, because he also never shuts up, does he? Um, so, but no, thinking... I, I, I thought he was talking about Eugene. No, no, no. Well, it's no way it's Eugene. Um, not if... I mean, I, it, I I, assumed that that was Negan. It had to be. Hmm. Because it's going to be, so, it's gonna be the group that, yeah. that is out there. Um, you know, it's not going to be... It's going to be people that they're not going to be the people that aren't there. So hmm. um, it's going to be Negan, surely. Okay. So, yeah, you think he was picking from the group that was, like, out in the field with him? Yeah, so. because he's talking about Maggie, Negan, and uh, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. So I like the way he describes Gabriel, just a, a priest with a shotgun who carries a shotgun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's had that shotgun for a while. But anyway, those are pretty good uh, descriptions for those. So, um, yeah, any thoughts on this particular scene and them addressing their relationship and like uh she she's right about like we w- wouldn't have worked not in the world like this i i think she's right about that um because as i say sometimes with these types of stories like post-apocalyptic things you've got to look at the the world through a different lens in terms of literally every single aspect because it's just a, a different type of world to, to the one that we live in uh so i think she's right about that what do you think um yeah i mean i I don't really see Daryl with anybody, you know, at this point. Yeah, I, yeah. He's he's so emotionally stunted, uh, you know, and I mean, I, I just, he's very much a loner character. And I think, I yeah, I just don't, I wouldn't see him working particularly with anybody. So, yeah, because if you look back, you've got like, um, I'll use the word shipping for lack of a better word. People were shipping like, you know, Beth and Daryl. I thought that was a, Possibly a strange one, but if that worked, it would have worked. Obviously, she's died. Um, obviously, there's the the Carol, Daryl people, but Carol's almost been like a sort of mother figure so, to yeah, mother to sibling, yeah, yeah, somebody that's like I want to look after you, but not like do anything romantic or sexual with with you. Yeah. Um, and as somebody pointed out, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I see lots of stuff on Twitter. Somebody pointed out the scene. Um, cause somebody was talking about Leah and Daryl and all that sort of thing. And there was a scene in, I think it was season five where, um, Daryl and Carol, they're, they're out on like the, the road together. They're sort of lost. I think it was after the, I think it was in between the destruction of the prison and getting to Alexandria. I, 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 around that time. And there were, there was lots of characters sort of on the road and they were sort of split up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Daryl and Carol ended up walking around together. And they did end up laying on a bed 
together and then nothing happened the scene cut to like i think the next day to chat and the scene cut to like the next morning and it's like you look back on things like that and you think okay the show's bit we're in season 11 now and daryl and carol have both been in since episode episode one or at least season one um if something was going to happen between those two characters i think it would have happened by now because we've had plenty we've had more than enough time for that to happen yeah um this i i don't really care for like a relationship with daryl and and Leah, um, I do like his sort of. I'd label it more as friendship with with Connie that he's got, like with the sign language stuff that he does, and like how Dog is kind of involved, like a nice little sort of family thing almost. Mm-hmm. I I quite like that. So that I think has been the best out of all of those options. Um, any any particular thoughts yourself? Uh no. I mean, I just as I say, he seems like a very kind of lonerish sort of character. You know, and I I don't see him in any real long term relationship one way or another. So uh I don't know. I mean Connie seems like the most likely one to me, but I, who knows? Mm. Yeah. It's funny because out of all the characters we just mentioned, Leah's the one that he actually did something with. Yeah. So yeah. Um but anyway. Uh I think that's all is that all we want to talk about from from that yeah. scene? So, yeah, we'll move on from that. Uh, Later, after Leah pleaded uh, Daryl's case to Pope um, and reaffirmed her decision to the Reapers, um, her ex was taken to a uh, barn for a meeting with the big um, whatever, something. Uh, But no sooner had Leah told Daryl to follow her lead um, with Pope, the two of them found themselves locked in and the place set on fire. Uh, Once Daryl had broken them out, he sort of breaks the window open, basically. Um... Leah joined the Reapers, waiting a safe distance outside, forged by... For, and then there's a quote. Uh, forged by fire, obtained by God, Pope uh, said. Welcome him. Uh, and just like that, Daryl was a Reaper. Well, at least in their minds, his face uh, wore an altogether appropriate what, uh, you know, WTF expression. Which is very much a Daryl reaction. You, you Literally, you look at his face in that scene, that is, that is Daryl, yeah. um, I suppose. Um, finally, Pope. Uh, sorry, finally alone with Pope, Daryl asked, uh, was asked if he believed in God. Not anymore, he admitted. Uh, guess I just believe in me now. Uh, that said, uh, the relig- religious nut is a big mistake because um, you're not him. With that, uh, p- with that, Pope explained how after the fall, he and his men had uh, been spared from the bombing and burning all around them by hiding in a church. That's when I knew he said we were the chosen ones. So this is uh, where the religious stuff starts to come out, of course. Um, yeah, Daryl's got no particular expression after all that. Uh, you, you, I, I could tell a little bit after um, they started breaking out. I was like, wait a minute, is this some some sort of test for Daryl? Mm-hmm. It seemed, it seemed like the, the way the episode was paced and the way they had been put up, put in there. Because I started thinking like, okay. Maybe they want to hurt Daryl. But then I was thinking, why would they lock Leah in here? And then I started thinking about, okay, this is a test to see. It's a pretty dangerous test, but this is a cult group, so what do you expect? Um, A test to see, you know, can he not only get himself out, but Leah out? And is there the trust there? And all all that kind of, like, test sort of thing. So, uh, what do you think of these scenes, anyway? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that it was it was probably a test because Leah hadn't really done anything to deserve being set on fire at that point. So, yeah. you know, 
that that sort of I kind of guessed what that was. Um, and then you got the the explanation from Pope about you know as I suggested last week they're a military group they all kind of came back couldn't find jobs they end up becoming mercenaries and they've kind of there was obviously mental health issues there from their time at war and then Pope takes control because of the fact that you know they when all the bombs dropped because uh, I'm assuming that's a reference to the fact that we know the military kind of bombed a bunch of the cities to try and kill off the dead, didn't they? I yeah, seem yeah, to think. that's been covered. I I think in all three of the shows that's been touched. Yeah, on. yeah. Um, so you know that's what that's referring to, and the fact that they all got through that unscathed by hiding in a church, and then suddenly they all get religion. I mean, it's pretty. It's not exactly an original setup. I mean, it, it's. As I kind of guessed last week, that was probably what it was. Um, so I don't think it's it's that much of a clever kind of setup for a group. I think the acting from uh, what's the guy's name again? I can't. You know the the guy that's playing Pope uh, Richie Costa. He's he's fine. He plays that sort of role really well. Um, but. You know, in terms of the actual group themselves, it's like okay, pretty obvious what this uh, this group are. I, I don't think it's particularly original invention, but it will obviously serve a purpose for this set of episodes. As I've said before, I think the entire reason for the Reapers group is to give the Alexandrians something to do, because in the comic books you're entirely dealing with the Commonwealth at this point. So, uh, you know, and you needed to give something. To, to the other characters so they actually had a reason for being in the show otherwise you're just dealing with the commonwealth group so um yeah i mean i i think it's here and it serves a purpose but you know fine <laughs> whatever mm, yeah um but no it's a, these are some decent scenes um i thought it's just yeah Dal with his expression of like he's just gone through tried to break out of a building that's on fire and like that's kind of his reaction i think part of his reaction as well was sort of like once he realizes okay this is a test and this is oh once he realizes this is a test and sort of um you know sees that this was to welcome him into the group i think he's sort of got an expression of like I should have expected this, or oh yeah, of course, sort of thing. Yeah, as, as opposed to being surprised, like there's there's no surprise on his face or anything. Uh, and even from Leah's look, it's like, yeah, you've pretty much guessed what this is. And then obviously the rest of them are saying whatever they're going to be saying. So, um, we're on the topic of religion and not necessarily cults, but let's just stick with religion. What's your religious like outlook? Do you believe in anything, or or what what's uh? What's your angle on that? Um, I mean, my i i grew up, i grew up, uh, uh, you know, fairly liberal, C of E family, and sort of, you know, went to church as a kid. Um, these days, I'm a bit more of the black sheep of the family, <laughs> uh, and, and 
you know don't really have much involvement with religion i'm fine with whatever religion you want to be as long as you're not hurting other people yeah you know yeah. i don't i don't care i don't care what you worship who you worship as long as you're not imposing those beliefs on unnecessarily on other people um you know uh go for it i mean you know whatever helps get you through your life um i i find a lot of religions incredibly hypocritical uh and i have a real i generally have an issue with organized religion because of the way that it's structured um and because it can be used there there are some great things that religion does sometimes there are also some horrific things that are done in the name of religion and i find that the often the horrific things can outweigh the good i always argue that if you remove religion from the world the people that do good would still do good and find some way of doing it um it what it what it would do is remove something to hide behind for the people that want to hurt other people because i think people that use religion as a way of um it's god's will therefore we should do this uh you then use try to use their religion as a way of of going because god said so um yeah, yeah. you know i and i think you know, if you could, uh, not this could ever happen, but if you managed, if you could suddenly take all religion out of the world, those people would then have to find some other reason for imposing those views other than because God said so. Whereas I think people that, you know, um, get involved with religious groups that, you know, help feed the hungry and that sort of stuff would still be doing that. So generally, I think organized religion can be very much a double-edged sword so mm, yeah yeah my view is that I've, i don't have any attachment to like any religion at all family's not religious at least from what i from what i know i mean i do have i do have family over in hungary that i've never met so i don't know their views on anything because i don't even know what those people's names are but um yeah it, i i mean I, i'm with you as well on the point that okay if you're if you're um supporting or reaching out to a religion that isn't doing harm to people then then that's totally fine obviously if there's like you know um god's plan was this and that and i have to blow people up and whatever obviously that's horrible and we should try to all avoid those types of religions um but i i've also never really seen any um like clean evidence or or proper evidence of a a, a sort of god existing if if that makes sense so like everything that i have looked at that's happened in the world um none of it i would try to oh yeah that happened because like god did something um i suppose uh it's also just like okay for all, all the gods out there supposed to be good and and helpful to the world why would any of them be allowed be allowing covid to happen like why is that in any god's sort of plan unless it's a bad one where it's like this you know whatever so i've that's that's the question i've had over the last year or so is like okay if god's got if some god has got these sort of like good plans to heal the world and help people well then how come like what god would be okay with covid in in that sort of situation one that's like 
killing was it hundreds of thousands of people whatever so but uh, obviously in the in the context of this show and what they're doing this is more cult based which is obviously a lot more extreme uh such as something i've seen in the last of us 2 that i've mentioned as well um which obviously you want to completely avoid because that's the the more extreme angle of stuff but you know if any of our listeners or anything like that um follow any religion or support any gods but that god is like good to you and and has helped you or whatever that's that's totally fine you're you're definitely completely welcome here um i'm not gonna like tell anybody that that they can't do that uh because it's up to them what they want to believe in just hopefully what they're believing is a is a good thing because i i think that's what we all want at the end of the day so um i just thought i'd ask seeing as we're on the topic of religion and uh cults and things like that so um, but you do find, I mean, I know there's things like the, um, ah, oh, what's the name of that, that cult religion called the, uh, I've forgotten the name of it. The, it's like an, it's an American one, I think. Um, I'll remember the name probably later. I, I've, I've forgotten it at the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my sort of, my sort of view on, on that type of stuff. But again, I just want to make it clear that, you know, if any of our audiences supports any religion that's good, um then that's that's totally fine so there we go um can you think of the one that i'm trying to think of it's like a very i could be anything no the, uh i was right on the tip of my tongue but i can't think of what it's called um chris stuckman did a video on it as well he was it used to um i can't think of the name sorry i'll, I'll try <laughs> to think of it later on fine yeah. yeah um oh jehovah's witnesses that's it that group mm-hmm. I've, I, I've known a couple of podcasters that because uh, Chris Stuckman did a video about that I didn't actually watch the video but he, he tried to get out of the cult and also Jim and Aaron from uh, Bold Move who also cover The Walking Dead they were part of that when they were younger and they managed to get out so um, there we go uh, anything else from this scene to talk about I mean they're having a chat about religion and stuff um, it's interesting Daryl's comment about um, I guess I just believe in me now I, I don't think that's Daryl saying that he thinks he's a god. I think it's maybe just like Daryl's outlook on the world is sort of he tries yeah, to only trust himself. Yourself. Yeah, look, looks yeah. after himself. As, as we've seen of him as like a lone survivor type character, I think that's what, more what he means in, instead of like I'm a god or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Uh, later around the campfire, Pope marvelled at the heroism uh, of the Reaper who'd carried Turner's body. 10 miles, that's a long way, uh, to assure that he'd gotten a proper burial, which is a good thing to do. Uh, he also wondered about where the guy had been uh, when Turner was getting attacked, because um, he said about, like, how come you got attacked in, in, in your back? Like, because he'd assumed he'd turn his back on his brother mm-hmm. and, like, run away or whatever the, the case may be, and that's, what the, that's the problem that Pope has got here. Uh, everyone saw how far Daryl would go to save Leah from the fire. How far had this guy gone to protect turner uh not far enough apparently before what he what knew what he knew him uh the fellow was face down in the flames a pope explaining that quote god doesn't only use this fire as his baptism it's also his wrath that's quite a powerful thing to say uh so yeah welcome to the reapers daryl good luck with that and that's the end of the episode um yeah pope's got a thing about fire isn't he mm-hmm. i think Certainly and, seems and to, yes. fire is like the baptism and fire is just everything i suppose yeah um yeah so there's a very sort of fi- fiery religious angle that uh 
that he's got. I don't know if that's for a specific religion or just what they wrote for the, for the no, show. No, I, I, so. I, I don't think it is. I, I think it's it's nothing relating to any specific yeah, religion, I don't I think. think. It's, I, think it's, 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 I think it's just his cultist attitude. I mean, I think clearly we're setting up Pope getting, you know, dying in a fire. I think he's probably what's going to happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, could see that. Yeah. Um, and he'd probably say that, like, God told him or God is showing me mercy or something like that he'll probably say mm-hmm. so um do you think it'll be someone pushing him into fire and him letting himself burn or him actually just like i don't know standing in a burning building do I, I don't know uh yeah it's either it, i i it'll be something about him being cleansed by fire i suspect but and then burning to death i, I would have thought um mm. but who knows yeah so, uh, but what do you think of the uh, the scene? This guy gets burned. He gets yeah. Well, burned. I mean, the, I, again, I, I think it was somewhat predictable. I mean, the whilst I like Pope as a, you know, I think Pope as a character, you know, he's he's perfectly well acted. They are fairly stereotypical setups of you know religious nut job group. Um, they're ex-military. The the I mean the moment that he was talking about, you know, oh, he carried him 10 miles. I thought, well, that guy's going to be dead by the end of the episode because it, it it was just so obvious that, that Pope was going to turn on him. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I really wasn't that surprised when that happened. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty kind of gruesome way to go with your head shoved in the fire, but... Um, and I mean, they've already. I, I, it seems a bit short-sighted as well because that guy was obviously. I don't know. I mean, he seemed fairly dedicated. I mean, we don't know. I, I can't remember exactly what happened. Did he run away? I can't remember. But um, then, they have only got a relatively small number of people already. Mm. And I mean, I guess they have just, I suppose, technically replaced one with Daryl. But maybe that's what he's thinking. Yeah, is like I can get rid of the traitor or whatever. Yeah. Um, the thing is that I think the, the I I think the point that Pope's missed, right? So this guy called Turner, um, who was the one that died. If this person, so it's the same person that's been put into this fire. If he didn't care about this character that that died, and like he turned his back and he did run away or whatever, because I get what Pope's talking about is like, hey, you turned your back on your brother and you tried to run away like a cowardice sort of thing. But, um, I mean, I suppose, I was going to say, like, why would he then bother to carry his body, like, all that way? But maybe it was because, like, he wanted to show, I don't know, some some loyalty to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, why isn't Pope thinking about it in in that well, angle? But then again, Pope because, isn't, you know, Pope's got yeah, the cultist attitude, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could argue that the Reaper that carried Turner back did it out of guilt, you know, that he ran away, then went back and got the body and carried it ten miles out of guilt for the fact that he ran away and didn't help him. Mm. I think I think you know if you're in Pope's mind, that's where you're coming from. Maybe, maybe. So, but um, it's not like a character like Pope is going to be thinking clearly about things. So mm. there we go. No, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, they're going to need to actually stab him in the head though, because. We know that walkers can be fine if they, even if they're completely burnt. So yeah, I, I assume somebody did that after or whatever. 
Uh, it's not like the it's not like this guy's going to get up and bite Daryl or something, is it? So, <laughs> no. You know. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some feedback and emails and whatnot. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever about The Walking Dead or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Albert Returns said, um, could die at some point. The Walking Dead could use the character for emotional shock reaction. Um, it wouldn't be the first time, would it? That the Walking Dead picked out a character and was like, "Hey, we can kill this character because it would shock the audience." Um, I mean, even going back as far as like Kirkman's books themselves, um, even though it wasn't fully intended to be a shock kind of thing, that's one of the. I mean, because people often talk about with uh, Negan killing Glenn in the book because Glenn was the most popular character. Um, and then some people wanted to argue that, like, okay, he had killed Daryl because Daryl's the most popular character, but then he killed Glenn anyway. And then Abraham as like a second shock sort of thing. So even like in Kirkman's stories, in Kirkman's version of this story, he's not opposed to doing the shock deaths and stuff. And I mean, you you can do shock deaths and not make them all feel like cheap and stuff. You just have to do it in the right way. But it is difficult to kind of do that. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is the close. This is the most danger that Dog was in. I think. Um, I mean, you had the tunnels thing with what the first episode, or sorry, the second episode, I think. Um, and like, uh, Dog was sort of on his own uh, around a bunch of walkers, but we never saw Dog like specifically in danger. So I, I don't think they will. But then again, I could see the show doing that and that giving something emotional for Daryl to do or react to. I don't know. What, what do you think? What happened to Dog? Uh, I I don't know. I hope Dog survives. Um, I mean, you know, he's do- he's survived so far. Um, I mean, we haven't had that many pets in the show. Um, other than uh, well, the the lion, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think you know we knew that was coming. Partly because it was in the comic book, and partly because that was really expensive CGI. Uh, <laughs> whereas dog isn't. Yeah, dog's a proper dog. So um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I hope dog survives. Hmm. I'll I'll go back to something I've been saying throughout this whole podcast. My problem would be with that. Plus, it would be. I think it'd be a waste of a character somewhat if dog was just like shockingly killed. If you're going to do yeah. anything in this show to get an emotional reaction out of Daryl, I just don't. It's like that. If you if you want to pick out any character from this show and say like, okay, we want that character to have an emotional reaction to something, Daryl's the the bottom of that list of like yeah. characters that are going to emotionally react to things. I mean, we've seen other, plenty of other characters in the show more emotionally react to certain things and he'd probably like have a shocked face for a few minutes but it's just that change that doesn't really happen with Daryl so it it would be the initial like Daryl's upset kind of thing and you know the dog yelp and it would be all sad but then I think like okay the next episode or even 10 minutes after that Daryl would just almost be back to his normal self I, I, I don't know just that's that's not a character you'd I'd pick for that kind of thing to happen. Um, 
So it, even as far as like you know, if you killed off Connie or something, which I don't want to happen, what's Daryl's reaction going to be to that? Or if Carol died, which isn't going to happen. So I don't know. Um, I I just think it, it, for both for that reason and for the fact that I think Dog needs a bit more time on the show. I don't think that they should should do it yet. So. Um, I mean, for for me and like you and some other people, it would give us an emotional reaction. There's that other part to it as well. It's not just always the character's reaction, but the audience's. And I know a lot of people like the the dog character because you know pet and all that kind of thing. Uh, so it would work in that way. But I, there's just there's just not a lot there that you could really get from that apart from just a five minute shock sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I I think the dog will survive. It'll probably die now next episode, won't it? Um, I think the dog will probably be alright. So we shall see. Uh, and I'll see Jennifer writes in says uh, another poor The Walking Dead episode. I kind of agree. Uh, why does The Walking Dead insist on bottle episodes at this part of the season? Commonwealth was interesting. Then we leave it for two episodes. By uh, uh, I very much agree. Um, the Walking Dead has done this a few times, both with like episodes before mid seasons, or like three or four episodes into a season. Um, I remember there was a bit last, I think it was last season, where uh, there was the like um, double cliff sort of thing, because like Carol, I, I think it was, I think it might have been season ten. It was one of the season ten episodes, and Carol was looking over the edge of a cliff towards alpha and then the next episode was a backstory episode with alpha and beta and then the episode ended with her walking towards that cliff and it was like a bookend sort of thing but and even though the episode was important for those two characters i i think i said even at at that time in my opinion the episode was in the wrong place it's the same thing again with the um you know glenn goes under a dumpster and then we switch to morgan for the next week um, now there was no there was no sort of major cliffhanger from last week's episode. In fact, it ended quite sort of normally, didn't it? Like with I think mm. it was just to do with the horses and stuff. But it's it's a thing where okay, a lot of these episodes are quite interesting. The Morgan episode was good in of itself. It told a good bit of backstory. The Alpha uh, Beta episode was good. Told that bit of backstory. This episode was not as good as those two, but all right in terms of seeing more of the Reapers. But for me, they always just seem to put them in the wrong place. And I I agree here specifically with like okay we didn't see the Commonwealth last week we've still co- I mean in terms of cliffhangers and stuff we've still got the cliffhanger of like is Stephanie really Stephanie and we still don't know the answer to that two episodes later um, but then again if you look back at the Glenn dumpster thing I think we left that for three episodes and that was a different thing where okay sure we want to figure out who Stephanie is but nobody's like about to have the head beaten in or under a dumpster with the Glenn thing with the dumpster it was like we don't know if Glenn's alive and then oh here's Morgan and then here's two other episodes and then okay let's back get back to Glenn and obviously you've got the, the, the worst cliffhanger of the show which is the season 6 and then like who who got the bat for 6 months and then you had all those months worth of time where we there was no next episode because it was the season finale and then you didn't know who was alive or who was dead or why or what had happened and, and everything else um, I think some of the, apart from that season finale episode, which we talked about before, but yeah, my point being is just, yeah, they, they have good episodes, good ideas for these episodes sometimes, I just think they put them in the wrong place quite often. Um, how, how do you feel about all that? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think the break point for the um, Commonwealth stuff was sort of makes sense because we know they got in. Yes, there is, you know, it is a bit of a cliffhanger because you want to know what happens next. And, you know, the the thing about the uh, whatever the woman's name was, uh, the, you know, whether it was her or not. But it made sense if you were going to go and leave those characters there we know they're all safe we know they kind of have, have got through that vetting process we know you know that it when you come back to that i i'd rather you know if they're going to come back to that they come back to it with a sort of full force and you get more into the commonwealth stuff you know um rather than it being kind of a little bit of Commonwealth and then you're having to sort of jump all over the place. I I think it sort of makes sense that you stop that story there, you go and do some other bits, and then when you come back to the Commonwealth, you can kind of... you, you, You get to natural stopping points in each of the different stories. And, I mean, it's... So, I I kind of get what they're doing with it. I You know, yes, I do want to go back and see more of the Commonwealth stuff, but... Um, if they want to do a few more bits of, you know, giving the Alexandrians something to do, then fair enough. I, I hope they maybe go back to the Commonwealth sort of next week or the week after. But, um, you know, and we don't leave it for too much longer just because I want to see that story. But, mm. um, I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult when you're juggling, when you're juggling different plots and with this particular episode yes it was a little bit bottle episode but you did need to know a bit more background about the reapers so however they were going to introduce them whatever their backstory was you had to have that episode in there somewhere and i think this was a reasonably enough place to put it it made sense um yeah Yeah. so i just find that they sort of i don't know they build up a little bit of momentum at the start of the season and then they think like, okay, we've got to quickly tell this other little story. Let's quickly do that and then get back to the rest. But it's that part of like going away from the story that you built momentum with, which to me was, mm-hmm. the, was is the Commonwealth. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it and all that. That'll be fine. I think it's a, I think it's a momentum issue um, of like Commonwealth getting more interesting and Mercer kind of accepted Ezekiel and all the others. And like Stephanie is here, and then oh, well, we have to tell this like Reaper story. And um, what was last week's episode? Oh yeah, it was the Maggie Negan Alden stuff and and all that. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just for me where they put the episodes. And I, I suppose as well, if you're doing like one of the Morgan episodes, for an example, and you splice that together with like where Glenn is, then one of those things is going to distract from the other. I think. Um, but then again, even with the Glenn stuff, I think they resolved that in a cold open. Um, I think, what was it? I think Enid threw like a can or something and the walkers got distracted and then we saw in like a 30 second scene, oh no, it was Nicholas that got eaten, not Glenn. He he crawled under a dumpster and then the walkers cleared away because of the distraction and then that was that. So, um, yeah. but then again, also if you if you go to the next episode, which was the Morgan one, if you do the cold open with Glenn resolve that and then go over to Morgan that's again a bit weird so I don't know I just think it's about like you said it's a bit of a balancing act of juggling stories and figuring out where to put different pieces um but then that leans into things that I've said before about like structure how you put these stories together and how long certain scenes are and that sort of thing so but the the point I think I'm leaning on is that The Walking Dead doesn't always 
get that right. So, but anyway, we've been told the Reaper story. We'll move on to next week's episode, and hopefully, we'll go back to uh, what we were uh, seeing before. So, and uh, that's what we've got for you for this week's podcast. I uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you want to find more of the content that we've got, uh, you can find it on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also search for us on your favourite podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. And if you want sort of notifications, YouTube notifications uh, for the videos, I basically put out a video and it says this podcast is available on Entertainment Talk. Uh, If you go to our YouTube channel called Entertainment Talk Plays, uh, get yourself subscribed over there. And you don't even actually need to watch the videos. That's not even the goal of the idea. Uh, You just see that, okay, new Walking Dead video thing is uploaded to the YouTube check the website and it will be there uh, or you can click on that video and then there's a link in the description it's up to you what you want to do it's just basically a notification system to tell you that the episode is out uh, that's also for people that don't listen to us on podcast platforms because of course if you are subscribed to us on their itunes is supposed to tell you not that they always do but they're supposed to <laughs> so um yeah i mean even youtube itself doesn't even sometimes tell you about things but uh i'm trying i'm trying with different notification systems but uh use what you want to use from uh, from all that so uh, anyway uh, so for TV, video games, films and Manchester podcasts you can check out all those on the places I just mentioned uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and entertainment talk if you like what you've heard and you want to support more of it you can either just simply tell other people uh, about what we do uh, where they can find it, tell them to find us either through the YouTube thing or the website or podcast platforms lots of different options uh, social media you can also share them around on there facebook twitter facebook groups all that kind of stuff uh, patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers if you want to get involved with that that's for the ad free podcast and review options so take a look at that if you'd like to uh, david's still posting tv and film news that's over on geektown.co.uk and there's also geektown radio new episode from yesterday uh, i need to listen to the rest of that so i will do that shortly uh, but you can find that on geektown.co.uk and if you want that weekly podcast format, uh, Geektown Radio Tuesdays, look out for those episodes as well. Uh, Bex is streaming daily, uh, mostly over on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, she has been nominated for something by the way, so if you'd like to support Bex, you can of course just watch her on Twitch as normal, uh, give her a follow on there. Uh, but basically if you go to if you go to Twitter Search for Trista Bytes, so Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. She was nominated for a streaming award. Uh, She posted a link on her Twitter. It should be one of the most recent tweets. Uh, Go on there, click on the link. It's quite easy to go and vote. I've already done it myself. Uh, She said what she was nominated for, so go to that category, select Trista Bytes, and then click on Submit. I think you type in your email or something. Um, And then click on Submit. So go and support Bex, go and give her a vote, and uh, let's hope that she wins what she was... uh, nominated for which is great she's doing some really really fantastic work so go and support her trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s across basically everything so go and find her uh if you want to find me on twitch you can also do that uh etalk uk for different streams i uh, did a crash bandicoot anniversary stream yesterday i didn't finish it i'll be continuing that today uh so look out for that later if you miss any of those streams you can find them later on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and we'll see what we got in store next week goodbye Bye.